This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This episode is being brought to you by 16 Safety Services Incorporated. 16 Safety Services is Aboriginal owned and operated. It's a female led organization providing health and safety consulting and training services from people in the industry to people in the industry. The company president, Andrea Crittenden, has a passion for safety and personal empowerment. She is a journeyman electrician and is experienced in many areas of health and safety. 16 Safety Services delivers simple, logical strategies for your business, protecting its most valuable resource, your employees. Investing heavily in top quality, industry-approved certifications to protect your investment is a wise consideration for any business. Andrea enjoys sharing her journey and inspiring other female entrepreneurs to consider a career in the trades, which have previously been considered non-traditional for females. In addition to their current service options, 16 Safety is developing a new course just for women. It's called Liberated Independence, A Woman's Guide. With the world evolving, women are becoming leaders in typically male-dominated fields. In support of their courageous attempts to break through the barriers, this program provides a safe, non-judgmental environment where you can learn how to safely perform important life tasks independently. For more information, please reach out to www.16safety.ca or give them a call at 306-230-6221. That's 306-230-6221. This is episode 036, Embrace the Chaos and Manage the Shit Show with Laura Lawrence. I hope the title of this episode doesn't offend anyone. We chose it because it best describes what life can be like these days, and everyone knows what those two little S words mean when they're put together. We wanted to have a real conversation about how life can be a lot sometimes and give you some practical and tangible practices to find some peace amongst the chaos. 
Laura Lawrence is the founder of Mind Body Balance, a movement offering wellness and self-care solutions for all ages and stages of life. After a major life pivot in 2013, she left her job as a science teacher and embarked on a new career path steeped in conscious living and self-awareness, inspired by her own healing journey. As a body talk practitioner and a mental wellness advocate in rural Saskatchewan, Laura's clients appreciate her authenticity, vulnerability, and empathy as she guides them to feel more balanced, lighter, and free. Outside her practice, Laura loves to travel the world and spend time at the lake with her family, making memories. She recently began writing children's books and has her first one coming out this March. Laura believes that our mental wellness is the root of all things in our lives and is passionate about sharing her message of self-care with others. Stay with us if you're looking for some solid solutions to find more balance, peace, and harmony in your life. Let's embrace the chaos and enjoy the journey. Welcome to the show, Laura. I know how busy you are, and I'm just thrilled that you could take the time to chat with me today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for the invite, Corliss. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Wonderful. So life can be crazy. I know that. And of course, in your intro, we talked about what you do. But I think you should maybe give the audience a little deeper dive into who you are and why you know that life can be a total shit show sometimes. <laughs> well, I was thinking about this question the who am I question. And I think it's a really thought provoking one as that's an evolving process for all of us. And for me, there has been so many changes in the course of my 41 levels in life that I think sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint who I actually am. But my traditional roles include mother, daughter, wife, circus, ring, provider of the shit show <laughs> here in my house. Um, but I love to write. I love drinking coffee. Uh, I'm a bit of a science nerd and I'm an adventure seeker who loves to travel. So this last year has been, it's been hard <laughs> not, not being able to go to uh, any hot spots. So that's a little bit about who I am. I have four kids, uh, a husband, an ex-husband, uh, a dog. So, and my kids are ages two, six, 10, and 15. So I get to, you know, parent all the levels. So hence, that's why, you know, it's a revolving chaos here in our house. Yeah, it sounds so busy. Really, it does. Even the ages of your kids, that kind of says it. Plus, you own a business and you've got the, the responsibilities of home. I mean, we're all just so busy these days, aren't we? And somehow talking about embracing that and somehow how to manage it because you do it with such grace. And I, I've watched you and I watch you on social media, so I know you do it with grace. Maybe it doesn't always feel that way. Maybe you could tell us, does it always feel that way? Do you feel like you're managing it or does sometimes it just feel crazy? Well, actually, most times it feels like it's managing me. <laughs> and as someone who works um, in conscious-based wellness, um, you know, trying to really live by, by mindful living principles and just be really aware of what's happening, how it's happening, how I'm reacting and responding to it, I've really become comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, with feeling like life is chaos. Um, I share with, with a lot of my clients that control is such an illusion. You know, it's like, if we could actually have control, why would we ever lose it, right? <laughs> like, why would we lose it? Um, so I think that, you know, some days I'm, I'm managing the chaos. Some days the chaos is managing me. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, I like it. I like how you put that actually, because you're right. It's such an illusion that we have, if we have control, then everything's going to just feel perfect all the time. And of course, that's not always the way it feels. So have you just learned to kind of roll with it? Is that what you're describing here? Yeah, I mean, I've been through, uh, I mean, as as many of the listeners here would probably be able to identify with, um, I've been through a couple of frying pan moments in my life. And I, I kind of refer to those as, you know, when, when life feels comfortable and you think you have everything figured out, um, and then you're thrown a curveball, you know, and everything that you were comfortable with and life as you knew it completely changed in an instant. Um, and so then you really need to like recalculate, you know, it's like when you get lost and your GPS is like trying to find out, you know, how to get back on the path. Um, so I, I do think that I've learned a lot from the chaos. Uh, and that's what really led me to do the work that I do uh, with mind body balance um, and just really working with people with where they're at. Uh, and, and, and most of us, most of us are pretty familiar with the chaos. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. Okay. So let's talk about what's tangible and the practical practices that people can do to reduce the stress and overwhelm. Cause I think when there's a lot of chaos and turmoil going on and you're in the midst of what we're calling a shit show, because everyone knows what that looks like and what that feels like. Um, the outcome a lot of times is stress and we're just overwhelmed. So let's dive right into like what's practical practices that people can do if they're in the midst of that in this very moment. For sure. And I think, I think that's what's really important uh, and what I've found very helpful for the people I work with to understand before you even, you know, take steps to start to do practical um, improvements to manage the chaos is to understand how it's affecting us and understanding how it's impacting us because so many of us are just on autopilot, right? We just go through our days as is, we're in routines. And for many of us, we're, we're kind of numb to the stress. Do you know what I mean? You know, we kind of just don't even know how taxed our bodies and minds really are. And so I really like to really introduce everybody to understanding, you know, the fight or flight response in a little bit of a more in-depth approach to understanding how our brains work. So I break it down really simple. Um, and this is really great if, you know, if you have young children, um, old children, it's good to even apply to yourself is understanding the three-part brain. And so I simply share it like this. So we have a three-part brain. We have what I call a dinosaur brain. It's our reptilian brain. It's the am I safe brain. Then we have an emotional processing brain. So that's where all of our emotions come from. And that's the am I loved part of the brain. And then we have that higher executive functioning brain. That's the upstairs brain. Uh, that's, the, that's the part of the brain that's the, you know, how can I figure this out? The problem solving, the logical, the thinking. Uh, and so when we understand what part of our brain is really, you know, in the ring and driving the bus for us, then we can understand a little bit more about how we can, you know, shift gears into finding, you know, more presence, more peace, um, more balance in our body and our mind. So I think that, for me, if I have a trigger or I'm feeling particularly overwhelmed on a day, I ask myself, like, what part of my brain is in charge right now? Does that make sense? It does. Can you give us an example maybe to demonstrate this? Yeah, absolutely. So I will give an example from, you know, just kind of little things that bug me. Um, 
around the house, you know, kids leaving their toys out, you know, or my husband leaving the cupboard doors open in the kitchen. I don't know if any, any of you experienced that, but just small little things. And what I immediately notice is that I have an emotional reaction, right? And I have, I have this little, like this little, uh, it's like a barking chihuahua, I say, in my brain going, you need to flip out about this, right? You see it, it's bothering you, flip out about it. And so before I like flip out and say like, who left this here? Or, you know, why can't you pick up after yourself? I just stop I take a moment and really ask myself, what part of my brain right now is in control? Because if it's the dinosaur brain, or the emotional brain, I'm not going to be able to make a good decision on how to like move through that trigger, right? Uh, because I'm feeling overly emotional, I might be feeling, you know, uh, triggered. And so if I take a couple of deep breaths, if I just practice the pause, which is a very, very crucial mindfulness practice that's really helped me, then my brain can shift gears. It's almost as if it comes off of one track, like a train and moves on to another track. You know, and then the situation can dissolve itself because I've really shifted into a different part of my brain to actually solve the problem. So this works really well with parents as well when we're parenting young children. And, you know, the little ones will have a meltdown, like an absolute meltdown, uncontrollable. And we often try to use strategies or practices to get them out of that meltdown. But it doesn't work. Right. You've had little kids. You know, it doesn't work. Uh, because the part of their brain that could actually figure out how to stop it is not engaged. So, so just being reflective on, geez, what part of my brain is in charge here? Is it my dinosaur brain? Am I not feeling safe right now? Um, like, am I not feeling emotionally safe? You know, because it's not just about physical safety with that dinosaur brain. Uh, am I not feeling loved? If I'm, am I not feeling seen or heard? Because when we're not you know, feeling seen or heard or loved, or like we feel like we belong, then that part of the brain is going to be in charge. And we're not going to be able to move through it as easy. So I just hope that that really gives, you know, the first step of, you know, how to really just identify what's happening in our mind, because then it tr translates to our physical health as well. Okay, that's good. But I'm going to get you just because the language is a little bit new. It's it's actually unfamiliar to me. And because of that, it's probably a little bit unfamiliar to some of the audience as well. Just explain a little bit more about what exactly is the dinosaur brain? Like what is the functioning part of that? So when they ask themselves that question, what part of the brain am I coming from? You've already talked just a little bit about the dinosaur brain. And I'm assuming that the dinosaur brain must be like past programming. Perhaps, maybe you could just enhance on those a little bit, the three parts of the brain, because I really love what you're saying here, but I want to make sure that everybody is, is able to use that kind of tactical idea of like pause for a second. So just explain that a little bit more. For sure. Now, the dinosaur brain is the reptilian brain. So really, it is, it is the part of the brain that's designed for survival. All right. So our most instinctual survival needs. So when there's fear present, uh, when there's big anger that's present, that's that's the part of the brain that's going to trigger the sympathetic response, the fight or flight. OK, so the big stuff, the past programming uh, lives in our subconscious mind. So the mind and the brain are two different aspects of the body mind. Um, so when I talk about the three part brain, it's really just understanding, you know, the survival part, the emotional part, and then the thinking part. 
hopefully that clears it up a bit. Oh, that helps. That helps immensely. And I love all of this. Like, I just think it's great. And I love how you're saying practice the pause. That's something I've already taken away. And that just shifts you from being like an emotional freak out because that only adds to the shit show is when you start reacting from an emotional place or a survival place, right? So that's really neat. And then of course, shift gears. And I like how you said it's almost like changing tracks, like a train. It's like you just shift where you're going. You know, you you reference small children, but the same thing right now is going on in my life with a teenage boy because I'm finding sometimes he just doesn't think and it's not, he's already hard on himself. Like I certainly don't need to be hard on him, but what I find with him is that he just isn't thinking and sometimes it can be very annoying, right? So I've really come to practice with my teenager to just pause for a second and go, okay, wait, I know for sure he didn't mean to do that. He just wasn't thinking, you know, how can I do this without being all emotional and reactive? Right. And it is a hard time. I mean, I have a teenager in the house as well right now. And I always remind myself that they are right now at a pivotal part in the development of their brain. Pivotal. I mean, there are some things that they just can't do yet because the brain has not developed to that point. So you're entirely right. Practicing the pause, you know, having some grace, bestowing them some extra understanding is incredibly necessary for kids that age. I mean, as somebody who spent, I mean, I was a teacher for over, you know, 13 years inside the classroom. So I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of kids, right. And, you know, programming and how their brains work. And so I really do think that we do have to, like you said, understand that this happens at all ages. I mean, I've, I have meltdowns. I had a meltdown the other day, (laughs) right. I mean, it doesn't just happen with like the teeny tiny tots, but understanding again, you know, what part of our brain is driving the bus, um, what we're attached to, what our expectations are. I mean, that is for me really what causes my chaos. It's all of my own expectations. You know, it's all the way I'm expecting my day to go. And as soon as it doesn't go that way, you know, then we, there, there starts the shit show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, this conversation is so powerful. I bet you a lot of the listeners right now are going, that's me. That's me. I barely had time to put my bra on today. (laughs) Right? Like I said to you, 10 minutes before this, I was like, well, I better go put on a bra. I mean, they can't see me, but I wouldn't feel right. But it just, I haven't been able to get it together today. And I had so much to do, right? I even like tossed my husband out of the house saying like, you need to go out to the yard and don't come back for an hour. Right. Yeah. Like I think, I think we all get this. And I think that's just the kind of the story of life with all that we're managing right now. And I don't know. I think it causes a lot of stress. It causes a lot of overwhelm. And somehow just knowing other people experience that, even people that we admire, like I admire you. And the fact that you're talking about not having it all together and having to, you know, find time to put on your bra and kick your husband out of the house. And (laughs) it makes me feel normal. It's good. It's good. It's all part of personal mastery as well as to just be able to um, ask yourself, what part of the brain am I in right now? How do I pause and reflect? How do I want to respond to this? I mean, it's just a journey, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is in the mindfulness work I do, I mean, my goal is to, to bridge the gap between mind and body connection for people. We don't learn this in school. We're not taught this really. There's not a lot of conversations in, in homes, or at least there wasn't for me when I was growing up about the mind body connection. And I'm changing that in my family. And I'm hoping to change that for other families because it is so important to understand um, the domino effect of, you know, what goes on in our, our mental and emotional state absolutely influences our physical, our physical health, right? Um, So I mean, I could talk for 
for days about the mind-body connection, but even just starting to practice the pause and allowing yourself to uh, check in. Uh, so this actually leads into the, you know, your question about the tangible practices. So I'm going to share five key principles with you that I felt have made an incredible difference in my life to, you know, manage the shit show. Um, and the first one is really uh, doing what I call heart check-in. So it's practicing the pause, but connecting with your body as you practice the pause. Uh, so, so if I could lead you guys through this right now, would that work? You know, just a little bit of mindfulness practice. Oh my goodness. Yes, please. So as, as you're sitting, um, just comfortably as you are right now, just taking one hand and placing it over your heart. What that does is it really connects our sense of touch with our body. Because I think a lot of times we're just not even connected to our body. And then we're just going to take a nice deep breath into the count of three. And then out to the count of six. And all we're going to focus on is creating space between our shoulders and our ears with each exhale. So we'll do that again. Nice deep breath in. And then on the breath out, really focusing on dropping the shoulders, releasing the tension and creating space between the ears and the shoulders. Then as we sit here, just tuned into our heart energy, breathing nice and deeply, focusing on our breath, just tuning into how we feel in this present moment. Maybe an emotion or a word, maybe a sensation comes to us, but really just noticing what we notice as we're tuned into our body with our breath. So Corliss, I'm interested to know when you connected with your heart, and you got quiet for a moment there with an intentional focus with your breath, what did you notice? Instantly, I get a tingling sensation. And I just notice I'm much more relaxed. And I mean, that only took a few moments, right? Yes, right? Couple of breaths. And when you're focusing on your breath, what, what can't you focus on? All the stress. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent, and you know when you ask the question about you know a word immediately, I was just like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to have this time here with Laura and the audience today. Yeah, and isn't it you know prior to that, I mean, our brain is just busy thinking about what we're going to say, how we're going to respond to the next question. So we're really not in the moment. We're always a step ahead, which is really, you know, how the the mind and how our brains are kind of conditioned to be. So one of the first um, things, tangible things that I can share with you about practices to reduce stress and overwhelm in, in the mind and the body is simply doing breath work mindfulness practices. So um, as I guide through people in my mindful living workshops and in some of the coaching and programming I do, I really teach a lot of mindfulness practices. So what that means is just doing a practice that keeps you present in the moment, uh, tuning into all of your five senses. I use a lot of breath work, a lot of guided visualization. Um, and it's incredible how just a few moments a day can just really shift your energetic state you know, put you into a healing, uh, relaxed state. Because one thing that I think most people don't know is that when we are in our sympathetic system mode, when we're in fight or flight, we cannot heal at the same time. 
Our bodies cannot heal and repair themselves when we're in sympathetic mode. So anytime we can do these mindfulness practices, you know, focused, intentional um, breath work, we really give our minds and our bodies the much needed break that they deserve. So that would be my first, you know, my first recommendation is to start practicing mindfulness. Um, and mindfulness is as simple as just being present using all five senses. So you can be mindful when you drink a couple coffee, a cup of coffee. So every morning now, instead of just like mindlessly drinking my coffee, I am paying attention to how it feels on my hands. I am smelling it and just really loving the aroma. You know, I, I'm really focusing on how it feels as it goes down, right? And the kind of sensation it gives me. That's a mindfulness practice. When I'm focusing on that, I can't focus on the stress. Sounds crazy, right? But it really can be that simple. I actually don't think it sounds crazy at all. I envision my morning right now when you were saying that, and I love my first cup of coffee in the morning. It's like my most sacred time in the entire day when no one else is around and I just get up and I've got the nice soft lights on and I take my cup of coffee and now it's like you've given me something else to even enjoy and savor that moment of quiet with my cup of coffee even more. So I appreciate this. I love it. Well, you're so right. It's finding those sacred moments in your day that you can make just for you. I am a mom of four. You know, we we farm. We have a fairly large farm. Uh, so on top of managing, you know, a very busy household, I'm also an entrepreneur. I just started writing. You know, my I can easily find myself in a state of overwhelm um, if I don't take some sacred moments for myself. Um, I I really need to be intentional about incorporating mindfulness every day, even if it's as simple as a couple of, you know, breath practices before my feet get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, this is so great. And if you don't mind, I'd like to just add a thought and get you just to speak to it before you move on to the next step. Because we all have different challenging things. Like some of the people that I coach, it's like confrontation so difficult, or they've got to have that hard conversation, or they know they're going into work and there's going to be some challenges. I think that a mindfulness practice, like closing your eyes and getting centered, you know, taking the deep breaths can also help those difficult situations. Can it not? Absolutely. And that's, you know, in the programs, in the workshops and classes where I teach mindfulness, I, I give several, you know, practices that you can, you know, choose for whatever scenario where you're feeling that heightened uh, state of stress. And, and it can be just a couple of moments. You know, I, I've taught the courtesies technique to hundreds and hundreds of kids um, in Saskatchewan and teachers. And it's a really great healthy brain integration strategy that helps just to shift gears in the brain for focus, concentration. Uh, it's really, really very powerful. I have a time-sensitive offer for all of my listeners. The Power of You 21-Day Personal Growth Challenge is starting on February 1st. If you're looking to change things up, beat the winter blues, reinvent your life, find some energy, or just love to learn more about yourself, this challenge is perfect for you. For 21 days, I will guide you through the process with a daily video message and a focus for your day. I'll provide you the tools for reflection through a daily journal, and I'll connect you with a community for accountability and support. This really is like nothing else. Head on over to my website right away to register. We want you with us. Head to corliss.ca, that's C-O-R-L-I-S-S dot C-A, and join the challenge today.
All right, let's keep going with the steps. Yeah, so mindfulness practices, absolutely. I mean, every single day, you know, pop in a little bit of mindfulness, uh, whether that's going outside uh, and having a small walk in nature, or even just stepping outside on your deck, taking a couple of deep breaths, and really immersing yourself with all your senses in nature. The other thing that I think that people overlook at how impactful it can be, not only on your physical health, but your mental and emotional health, is drink the water. So many of us are chronically dehydrated uh, and you'd be really surprised to know the impact of hydration on your mental and emotional health. Um, Water in traditional Chinese medicine really equals the force of joy, you know, and the frequency of joy and happiness. And so for me, I feel so much better mentally and emotionally when I'm well hydrated. Excellent. And that's something that we can all do. I know I, I am not someone who you know, drinks water constantly. I have to remind myself to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think our kids are chronically dehydrated. Like they are not, not getting enough water for sure. So that's just a physical, tangible, really simple step. Have two glasses of water before your morning coffee. Believe me, it will enhance clarity. It will enhance focus. It will hydrate your body at a cellular level. So just pop in an extra couple glasses of water um, throughout your day. The next uh, tangible practice that I think we, we definitely need more as adults is to laugh more, right? You know, if we can laugh at ourselves, if we can find the, those moments of connection with our loved ones where it really feel light and we can incorporate laughter, uh, it really is, you know, you know, the saying laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> it, it always shifts my mood. It always makes me see that things aren't as bad as I would think that they would be for me. And I think there's research shows that like for children, they laugh on average 700 times a day. And can you, I mean, can you, can you say that that's you right now as an adult Corliss? I definitely don't laugh 700 times a day. (laughs) Well, that's so true. And it's funny you should say that because I have been doing a mindful practice, let's call it that, of making sure that I get to laugh every day. Like I am just finding the joy in everything and just laughing it up as much as I can because it makes me feel better. It just does, especially since I feel like I've been kind of cooped up. I've I work in my four walls. I'm in my home all the time and not that I don't love it. I do, but it's like, there's no one here to make me laugh. So I have to laugh at myself. (laughs) Yeah. So do you find yourself scrolling through like mom memes? And, and, you know, I always, if if I can't sleep and I just need to laugh I just, you know, go through the ridiculous memes or watch the TikTok videos that just, you know, make me laugh hysterically. Uh, But I think we could always use a lot more of it, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm actually going to invite you and the audience into my home right now. You want to know what I do to make me laugh? That makes me laugh. I turn on a tune in my kitchen and I dance around and it scares my dog. (laughs) So then (laughs) he bounces around and he's like barking and he's like, why are you doing that? And I don't know if he's playing with me or if he's laughing at me or if he's scared. I'm not sure, but it makes me laugh. And of course, the music shifts my energy. So that's one of the things that I do all the time. I just like shake it up and dance and Charlie reacts to it. And it it just makes for a good old time, just him and I. Yeah, so you are actually a step ahead of me. I mean, this is exactly where I'm going to um, in my next point that I wanted to share is music and movement. I mean, emotions are simply energy and motion. They take up space in our bodies. Um, And when we don't move them, they stay stuck. 
you know, they can create dis-ease. They can create heaviness. We all have parts of our bodies that feel a little heavier, a little tighter, a little more painful than others. Uh, and when we can connect to music, we can move our bodies. That actually helps to move emotion in a really healthy, fun, passive way. So exactly that. Make yourself a playlist. Have yourself a little dance party. It will shift your energy and your mood just like that. That's so neat that you say that. And I know we're going to talk about you writing your book right away, but I have to just share this because it's just flooding in right now. Um, when I was originally starting writing my book, I had to shift my energy. And one of the things that always did was this one particular song that I would play. And, and literally, I would dance by myself. Like, clearly, I am more comfortable with talking about this because I'm inviting everybody into my life by sharing what I do in the behind closed doors of my own home. But originally, I had had someone do an angel card reading on me. And she said to me that one of the angels said that I should always continue to do that exact practice before I write. And I was like, what the heck? How, how does she know that? Because literally, no one has ever been here when I've done that. And except for my dog. So I'm like, can my dog like communicate? Like, how do they know that? <laughs> and I said that to her and she said, well, I don't know, but they're just saying, continue doing that because it shifts me into a high energy state to be able to bring my best. So I think that that is like everything that you're saying there about that mindful practice as silly as it may seem. I think it's really important that the audience really grab a hold of that one. And if you haven't danced around your kitchen, like no one's watching yet, you should. <laughs> yes, because I, it's simple. It's easy. Everyone's always, you know, looking for, you know, the book, the podcast, you know, the professional development that they can take that's going to just shift everything for them. And what I've found in my life and my practice and with my clients over the last five years is it's not that. It's the simple little steps that we can take every day to shift things in our routines that make our minds and our bodies feel lighter. It's just really that simple. So good. So the last part of the tangible practice, which leads into talking about my book, is, you know, being more creative. Kids are so incredibly creative. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old and their imaginations are brilliant. You know, we lose that along the way. And then it's our goal to try to find it again because creativity time, you know, spending time in our right brain, whether we're baking or singing or writing or painting, you know, or gardening, whatever it is, anytime we're doing something we love that uses our creative mind. We are, again, out of stress mode. We're not thinking about, you know, the to-do list. We're not thinking about the stress from the relationships with the job or whatever it is. And so I think one of the most, you know, impactful practices that I think people probably could use a lot more of would be creative time, scheduling a little bit of creative time every single week for themselves. People are a lot more creative than they think they are. That's so good. You know, I always find that even my creativeness, when I journal, I find that I start to get a little bit creative. Or if I'm just sitting with, I don't know, I have um, a notepad. If you guys were here right now, you'd see I'm always kind of doodling. But I even like the, what is it called? You know, the coloring where adult coloring, <laughs> like literally, because yes. it just puts me into that part of the brain where I'm like, being, um, not even thinking about it, really, I'm just kind of coloring and somehow it gets my creative juices going and really is relaxing. So, so relaxing because that, 
the part of the brain that we use when we're in creation mode can only actually conceptualize time in the present moment. So by default, it's a mindfulness practice. You know, your, your, your brain can't think about the future or the past because the part of the brain that's working to be creative doesn't work that way. So again, a very passive, simple way to just decrease the impact of stress on the body and the mind. And so I did start writing. I've been writing all my life, I, you know, journaling. And uh, I used to journal when I was a teenager. And I went back to read some of that. And I thought, wow, I mean, I'm really glad I did so I could see who I was back then. Um, and I, in 2020, I started writing a couple of children's books. And uh, I'm really excited because the, the second one I wrote is actually going to be the first one that I publish. Um, and that's hopefully coming out, you know, in a couple of weeks, March 1st is uh, the, the, my deadline, you know, so by March 1st, it's going to be out. So it's called Lily's Loud Mouth. Uh, and it's about a little girl who has a pretty unique superpower. And it's simply her voice. Uh, and she uses her voice to, you know, just share her authentic self with the world. Uh, and it's not always appreciated when she's a little girl. Um, she kind of annoys her family. She gets into trouble. But when she starts school, uh, they quickly learn that her voice helps her to stand up for some of her friends. Uh, and then she starts to really make some impactful change in the world. So I'm so excited to see that book uh, come to life. Oh, I'm excited too. I know it's going to be so exciting and I can't wait to share it with my audience as well. So, you know, I wanted to tell the audience, if you're still listening to this episode, I'm going to issue you a challenge, actually. I've never done that in a podcast before, but I'm going to issue a challenge that you have to go in the next 24 hours of listening to this, you have to go and buy yourself a coloring book and crayons and it's for you and you're not allowed to share it with your children. <laughs> That's a fun one. And I, and I would add to that and say, and make yourself a playlist if you haven't already, you know, find that song that shifts your energy, you know, like Corla shared that she, um, she uses that song every time be before she writes. So simple practices, right? Great takeaways. You bet. You bet. Now let's, before we move into that, because I do want to talk more a little bit about the book, but is there a way to stay one step ahead of this? So would it be just to be mindful and do those steps like consistently, or how would we stay one step ahead so we don't have to actually be in the shit show to figure a way out of it? Like, how do we stay a step ahead? Yeah. So I think to stay a step ahead is just to, you know, practice these tangible, simple you know, steps daily ground yourself in some mindfulness practice, get out in nature, be creative. I mean, the more the, you do these things, the less the impact of the triggers are going to be in your life. I mean, it's incredible the shifts I've seen in my clients over, over the years working with me that they say like, I can't even explain it, Laura, but things are just changing. And I'm not really even doing anything big. It's almost as if we can't believe that it could just be that simple, right? And I think a lot of it's because we're attached to, um, you know, the glorification of busy you know, and also, you know, attached to just being everything for everyone in our to do lists. And, and so I really think that for me, staying a step ahead is really just doing my own self care, right, making sure I'm taking care of me, uh, and doing the little things so that I can take care of everybody else. Mm, so good. And such a good practice. And I just want to say for the audience, like as you're working through towards this, you know, making sure that you've got these mindful practices coming into your life, I just want to share that if you falter and you have a day that you're not, then instead of giving up on it and just being like, oh, it's not working or beating up on yourself, what I would say is just say, it's okay, I'll start again right now. 
just give yourself the grace to start again right now. Start again tomorrow. It's all right. Yeah. And you're absolutely correct. They will fail. They will falter because we're human. Um, and we are going to have days that feel like our, they're completely out of control and that none of this is working, we feel. But exactly like you said, I mean, with every sunrise, we have an, a, a new day. I would say with every breath, you know, every thought you have, you know, another chance to make a different choice and make a different decision. Um, and I mean, the amount of times I've failed in my life, you know, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, uh, I mean, copious amounts, but it's because I'm human. And I've learned to practice grace on myself and just get up and keep going. Mm, such good stuff. So will this be your first and only book or will there be more books? What's your plans with this? Uh, no, my I, I have a second children's book uh, written. I actually wrote that manuscript first. It's called Elliot's Rainbow Roller Coaster. It's about a little boy who experiences ginormous emotions. And in the book, he learns how to actually use mindfulness practices to move those emotions. Uh, and his grandma helps him do that. So I'm really excited. Uh, both the books have a lot of roots in connection to my loved ones and you know the inspiration I've gotten from family friends some of my own students when I was a teacher so I'm excited about that and I started writing my own memoir uh, as well uh, back in November so I'm about 30,000 words into that that's that's just a work in progress so I'm not sure when that one will be out but it's really just about sharing truths about motherhood marriage and kind of everything in between so Lots of good stuff coming out hopefully soon. You are such an inspiration, Laura. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before I, especially on this topic in particular, before I ask you my three closing questions? Um, I, you know, I would say that it's really important to remember to also ask for help, right? When you're feeling that you might need a little extra help. Uh, I know for me, I'm very attached to being strong, being independent, managing my chaos, right? Nobody knows how to manage it better than me, uh, but I have learned how to ask help to reach out, um, you know, so I do have a psychologist. I do go for regular body talks, even though I'm a body talk practitioner. I mean, I have practitioners who do sessions on me. I do Reiki. I do, you know, I, I enlist the help of other professionals just to help, help me move through the chaos. So I would, you know, I would really encourage, encourage people to just um, ask for help when they need it. Mm. And, you know, you just, added a thought for me because asking for help and in my world and for those of you that will relate to this it was actually accepting the help because in my world a lot of times people would offer help and they knew that I needed it and I was just like no no it's okay I can do it I'll, I can handle it I'll take care of it I had to actually learn that part of managing my chaos was saying it's okay to accept the help and just be grateful that you have it and to embrace it. Wow. Yes. All the goosebumps there. I think that a lot of women could relate to that Corliss, you know, asking and accepting are two totally different things. So yeah, brilliant point. Thanks so much. Now, where can people connect with you, Laura, if they'd like to? So my website is mindbodybalanced with an ed.ca. Uh, so they can head there to find more information. They can follow me on social media I'm, uh, uh, at Laura Lawrence, mindbodybalanced. Um, and also on Instagram at Mind Body Balanced. So I'm fairly easy to find. Uh, I do have quite a few free resources I can share and, and also 
programs and workshops and classes that I offer for people looking to live and love more mindfully and, you know, just really start to begin to incorporate mindfulness practices, not just for themselves, but also their families. So yeah, Great. absolutely. Come find me. <laughs> awesome. And yes, I'm so excited because I get to participate in one of your upcoming events. So stay tuned for that, everyone. Now, my three closing questions, because this is um, leadership is something that I believe so strongly in and that we all have the ability to lead. What does leadership mean to you? For me, leadership means being authentic and being real. And I mean, I think for sure being vulnerable. Uh, I think that in often traditional, you know, belief systems about leadership, it's kind of tiered. You know, there's the leaders are a step above, but I think that the best leaders whom have showed up in my life and have made the most impact were the ones who were just on my level, standing right beside me in it, right, right in the shit, in the chaos, you know, right beside me, going through the trenches with me and showing me leading by example, by being vulnerable and real and authentic. So that's what leadership means to me. I don't really know why, but that brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> I guess I really, I really believe strongly in that as well. Thank you for that. Which is probably also why a lot of your followers really um, love staying connected with you, um, because we want the people who are, you know, offering the help to be real, to be authentic, you know, to show up every day as themselves instead of of this perception of who you know we we get enough of that on social media so so i'm really you know really thankful for yeah the leaders in my life that have just you know walked right beside me mm, that's so nice thanks very much for for that answer it means a lot and i sure i'm sure it will to a lot of the people who are listening all right. And if there was a, a book or a podcast that was a real game changer for you, I'm just asking for one that you really want to recommend to people, what would you suggest? Oh, that was so tough. But you know what? I had to go with the very first book that I read before I did any conscious living work, any training as a body talk practitioner. You know, it's almost as if my soul knew that I was going to be led to do this work at some point. You know, this was way before the divorce, way before any of the big frying pan moments. Uh, and it's called The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. It's by Michael A. Singer. Uh, it was a New York Times bestseller. Really great book. Uh, just starting to sort of find who you are, like who you really are. Um, so I love that one. And then for podcasts, I would really have to say it's a toss up between uh, Brene Brown's and Oprah Winfrey's. I've had so many great aha moments from both of them. And I really respect and admire both of those women as game changers and leaders. And so there you have it. Fabulous. Now, the final closing question based on all of the highs and all of the lows that you've had in your life. If you could only leave the audience with one piece of advice, what would you want to leave them with? Uh, I would say this, uh, yourself, you're doing the best that you know how, and you are more normal than you think. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, if, you know, we can't show up for those that we love, if we don't first love and accept ourselves wholly. So that's what I'd leave you with. And that is a beautiful close. Thank you so much again for being here today, Laura. Thank you for the opportunity. I feel incredibly blessed and honored that you invited me to be a part of this podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.